What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Across the Border. I'm Max. I'm here with Chris. And today we have a kind of special video for you guys, kind of like a more in-depth breakdown of a concept. So today we're going to talk about how, like, really breaking down how to get recruited to play college basketball. Like for like speaking better and shit. No. <laughs> so why'd you say for the podcast? Bacon's not real and neither are now. No, bacon's not real because if you go to a grocery store, there's too much bacon. Keep working, your time will come. It sounds like you're eating human bone. It's a mini. It sounds like you're eating bro. hamster bone. It's it like a stupid, but is India in the Middle East? I don't think so. <laughs> is it? A lot of people want to play college basketball, but not a lot of people kind of have the resources or like the knowledge the people around them many many things like me i'm a first generation college athlete so is chris like nobody in my family never mind played but like knows anything about the process so i kind of had to navigate it i mean my parents definitely helped me but we kind of had to learn together Mm -hmm. so this video is just kind of breaking down some stuff that could definitely help you and hopefully you guys will go into your recruiting process with more knowledge than we did and make it easier for you guys so the first thing we want to talk about is film no, start off. Sure. Um, one of the biggest things that you need to keep in mind when you're putting together film is that you want to keep it short, but you also want to off rip show the coach what kind of player you are. So you want to take your best, most fundamental. Uh, I don't even know how to word it, but like your best attributes, and put those in the front of your film so that those are the first things that he sees and he knows right away that you're the type of player, like you're a shooter, you're a slasher, whatever, and he knows immediately after clicking onto your video that that's what kind of player he's getting when he's recruiting you. So if, like for me, I'm a shooter, and so my highlight tape, I mean, obviously you don't want to just show like three-point after three-point after three-point because it's going to get redundant, it's going to get bored, and co- the coach is not going to want to watch the whole thing. So you definitely have to sprinkle in like other, just to also show that you're versatile, because I'm not, I can shoot the ball, and that's my best like attribute, but I also have other aspects to my game. But I'd say probably 70% of my clips were knocking down catch-and-shoot threes, off-the-dribble threes, threes off ball screens, like different things just to showcase that, oh, if you watch it, I can shoot the ball. And that's what I would, was recruited for. Mm-hmm. So if you're athletic and you can dunk the ball, then just dunks, 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 dunks. <laughs> if you're going to block shots and get rebounds, mm-hmm. maybe not so much rebounds, but maybe offensive rebound putbacks mm-hmm. and block shots and just show early on, like establish who you are and what you're good at type thing. And for length, I would say two and a half to four or five minutes. Definitely yeah. nothing more than five minutes. Yeah, because no, cause one's, no one's watching that. that. I would say... Two, I'd say three minutes is probably the yeah. sweet spot. That's yeah. probably where most people's highlight reels should lay. Three min- Also, like three minutes of quality clips. Like you don't want to have... I'm, I'd say obviously put your best clips at the beginning. But be- by best clips, I don't mean like flashiest clips. I mean like best clips like where you look the best, you move the best where you're most confident in those clips. Against the best competition. Against the best competition. And then also p- save some clips to put at the end. You don't want to just have at the end like cherry pick fast break layups and kickouts for other people's threes and rebounds and like just stuff that's like, I mean, obviously important to the game, but doesn't really show what kind of player, what you, kind are. Of player you are. And so you're going to pique the interest of a coach. So mm-hmm. you definitely want to have most of your good clips at the beginning. 
And I mean, if you're not, if you don't have a ton of film and you do want to like, kind of like make it longer, but I would say like put the clips of you scoring fast break layups and stuff like that in kind of like the middle, the, yeah, like the, I'd say like the third quarter <laughs> of the, uh, of the highlight tape for sure. And no crazy music. Just honestly, I probably just put a beat behind it. Yeah. I always just did like, I mean, I would pick like from songs that I like, from songs that I like, but I would put the instrumental version. Mm, that's of right. It. Yeah. That's exactly just like, what so, I like, just like a beat that's like up tempo that goes with the video, mm. but that's not, no words. Because if you have with swear words, like you want to, it's like, I mean, stereotypically show that the coach, like you're a good kid because everyone's recruiting players. So you have with, um, videos with, with songs with a ton of swear words, like coaches are gonna like just kind of just gonna rub them r- the wrong way, and it's gonna probably distract from <clears throat> the film as well if yeah. there's a bunch of swear words that they don't want to hear. Yeah, it's just gonna like you just want, don't want to rub them the wrong way. The wrong way you just want to be like clean because you also you like you just want to have a kid. The coaches just want to recruit the kid who has like no problems and just like and obviously. <coughs> oh shit. <coughs> oh, shit. <coughs> I've been waiting to come up holy shit, since we started. Um, obviously, like, if you listen to rap music, obviously that doesn't mean, like, you're a bad kid, but you just want to mm-hmm. kind of, like, eliminate all possibilities of preconceived notions yeah. in your, in your email and in your, in your film. Mm-hmm. So the next part that we want to talk about is, like, really, honestly, like, the <clears throat> most important part. Most definitely. But definitely, so it's, like, sending out emails. So, but don't even think about sending out emails if you don't have a highlight tape first. Like, you, you mm-hmm. don't, if you send an email without a highlight tape attached... You're never. You'll get zero percent response rate. Like zero. You'll you never might get, get a response. response, but the response is going to be where. Send me your highlight tape. Like you're not going to get anywhere without a highlight tape. Yeah. So you definitely need to make a highlight tape first. Oh, also, you can make a highlight tape on. There's a bunch of different like, like, tools and resources. So for me personally, all my games were recorded and either put on YouTube or on Huddle. Yeah. And so you can either make or on Synergy. So you can use those Huddle Synergy to make highlight tapes, or what I did because I didn't know how to use that technology. I just screen. Rec- I just like went through yeah. all my games and screen recorded the clips and then put them together in iMovie. Yeah, I put them together in CapCut. That's exactly what I or did. Or CapCut. There's definitely a bunch of different like, a bunch of different templates that you can do. It's not not one's better than the other. Just what you think is the most easy for you. Mm-hmm. So I just screen recorded from Huddle where my games were recorded, or YouTube, and put them all on um, on iMovie, which I thought was the easiest platform for me. Mm-hmm. But that being said, so emails. So how to find a coach's email? A lot of people don't know this. If you search up. So, for example, we go to Madai University. If you were interested in coming to play for Madai University, you would search up Madai University basketball roster. Then you, on the top right corner, there'll be a section that says more, usually with a plus. You would click that, and it would come up like roster, statistics, and you'd go down to coaches. And then once you go to coaches, it would show up the coach, the name, first name, last name, and email. So on your email, you would start off by, like, in the, like, who it's to, email every single one of the coaches. If there's t- 10 coaches, email all 10 because that's a m- better chance that it'll, your email will be seen. Because mm-hmm. chances are you're not going to communicate with the head coach right away. Yeah. So you want to, even if there's like student managers, emails, at, them, at those emails because that's just more chance that you'll be able to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that too, uh, when it comes to writing an email, if you're going to reach out, I would definitely start by, um, I, there's many ways to go about it, but like keep it short. Make it put your highlight reel at the bottom and just tell him why you're interested in this program. Start with his name, like dear yeah. coach, whatever. So de- if there's, what I would do is if there's, oh, oh, some schools only have the head coach and lead assistant email. So say dear, for example, us the only coaches on the website are Coach Hack and Coach Long. Mm-hmm. So you do dear Coach Hack 
and Coach Long. But if there's multiple, you would say, dear, co- you would address the head coach and say, and staff. Because you don't want to say like f- 10 different coaches. So you'd say, dear head coach, or like insert head coach name, and staff. And kind of like how I would structure it is probably like, dear, dear head coach and staff or whatever. Hi, my name is, whatever your name is. I attend your, what school you go to. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm interested in playing for your university or your institution. <coughs> kind of, um, if you want to get a higher response rate, I would say like, kind of do a bit of research before you send the email and say like, what, something specific about the school. So the coach knows it's just on a, even if it is just a general, which mine 100% was. I had just a template that I would copy and paste Same. and send and it would just change the coaches' names and emails. But if you can add a little bit of something here and there that's unique to the school, then that would just another thing that can help get a response even more. One of the things in NCSA too, I had a NCSA agent who would like help me write these emails and he made the template for me. And I can't remember exactly, but there was at the bottom, there was like three things that he wanted me to list about myself. And the last one, he said, make it super creative so that if they see that, they'll remember you as like that kid. And mine was that I worked on a pig farm, which is like super random, but like they saw that and like they would respond. That was one of the first things they would say when they responded back was like, you were the kid with the pig farm or whatever. So like, if you want to throw something super original and creative at the bottom to make them remember you, that might not be a bad idea. I'm actually about to try and find my, an email that I sent to a college coach. I don't know. I highly doubt I can find I'm that. But right I try now. and find one right now. Um. Well, you'll talk. Just talk about the next topic really quickly, or talk about talk about NCSA, which is another thing NCSA that you, that you use. I didn't have much experience. NCSA, if you're dead serious, like if you're, uh, I don't care how old you are, but if if you're really serious, you're 100 percent certain that whatever age you're at and you're ready to spend money on it, if you want to go play college basketball, that would be probably the first investment I would make in my basketball career because you're going to get, uh, depending on what package you buy, there's three, there's like bronze, silver, gold. And if you buy whatever package, you're going to get uh, immediate access to an agent from there and probably an ex-college player. Like mine was a dude who played at Kentucky, I think, and he averaged 20 points a game or something. He was a great player. And uh, we'll that word out. Huh? <sighs> Shout out Brad. Shout out Brad. And, um, yeah, he was crazy, and he 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 was a big help. Probably, I don't, I definitely wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He wrote the template. He was emailing me constantly, trying to get me to update my profile and put my GPA and all this stuff in there. And that is a like that would be my immediate. Um, you just purchase. look into NCSA or field levels. Another one where yeah, it's just like one, we'll, we'll talk about like those are invaluable connections purchases. in a minute. Those are invaluable purchases you can make for your basketball career. So I'm gonna I'm actually I'll read my email that I sent to our coach, where who is the coach of our basketball team now. Mm-hmm. So I said, dear Coach Hack, I just I just addressed him. I said, um, my name is Max Rolnick. I'm a class of 2020 class of 2022 guard who attends Andrews Osborne Academy in Willoughby, Ohio. I am writing to let you know that I am interested in attending and playing basketball for for Madai. I have a 4.06 junior GPA, and I'm looking to play for your school as there's a strong business program, and I want to play a highly competitive college basketball. I was wondering what the initial steps in the recruiting process at your school would be and what positions you are looking to fill for your 2022 recruiting class. My high school coach is Rudy Kerbis. Feel free to reach out to Coach Kerbis if you have any additional questions about me as a potential college basketball player. And then I, added, I dropped his email, mm-hmm. which because a lot of times coaches will reach out to, because they want to reach out to other coaches to see and get feedback and see if it's a player that they think would is good enough to play college basketball, how they are as a student, how they are as a person, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I said, my highlight tape for my junior year and my first five games my senior year, because I sent this at, um, during winter break, so we only played five games my senior year, are included below. I look forward to hearing back from you soon. Thank you for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Max Rolnick. And then I sent my um, junior year highlight tape. I sent my the senior year first uh, five-game highlight tape. And also, 
if you can request your unofficial transcripts to oh, also yeah. send that because a lot of coaches would look for your um or like it's was like they want a reference a lot of them want a reference so your coaches they want a highlight tape they want your transcripts and depending on how far in the recruiting process you get they'll ask for a full game film mm-hmm. or a link to a live stream to one of your games and so if you have all of those make sure you have all of those available so you have a full game film where you don't turn the ball over a lot you are moving well you're making good decisions you're showcasing what you do and then you have your highlight tape which is like a bunch of stuff games putting together your best clips again showcasing what you do and then your transcripts to show that academically you got your shit together you can get into the school academically because the last thing a coach wants to do is have to chase a kid academically once they get here because then they bring down the team gpa and they have their teachers they might be ineligible they might be ineligible so it's a waste of a roster spot and then they have like teachers (sighs) coming and bitching at them and that's just the last thing they want they're also recruiting the person so you definitely want to make sure that you take care of your academics as well. That's a fact. And so, so request your unofficial transcripts from your school. And then, yeah, and then I, that's how I started uh, talking to Coach Hack, and we are here where we are now. And we'll have him on the podcast on Tuesday <laughs> and whenever that will come out. So another thing is, like, so now you have now you have an email, and you have all of – you found the coach's email. Your film. You, ha- you, you have film. You have full game film. You have um, a transcript. So now, what's like? How do what schools do you email? Email schools that you're gonna want to go to, but you can't be that picky. So it's kind of like unless you're disgusting. Yeah, unless you're fucking. But if if you're that good, like Coach K will be in your living room if you're good enough to go to Duke. So, but chances are you're like us. You're not that. You're (laughs) definitely not that like good enough. (laughs) So you gotta like if you wanna if you know you want to go to like school for business, email schools with business programs. If you know you want to go to school for biology, email schools with biology programs that you would be interested in going to academically. Because at the end of the day, like you, the whole goal is to graduate with a four-year degree and have basketball be your segue yeah. and your outlet in order to get there. So definitely email schools. But you also can't be that picky. So like, if you think you're a high-level Division three player, don't only email the best Division three schools in the country. Spam emails. Spam emails. Maybe email some schools that like you know you're good enough to play at and make an impact right away. Maybe lower-end schools that also have your program. Just to build a foundation for your recruitment. Honestly, I would say don't be fucking picky at all. I would send especially at the beginning, 150, 200. I think I spent because, 200 emails almost like, like yeah, I and I, I would, got maybe like 50. I think I sent like my ratio is like 200 emails. Maybe I got like 30, 35 responses. Mm-hmm. Maybe I got some serious consideration from like 12 schools, and I took four visits and I committed to one school. Like, I see. I should send up 50. Got two responses, and both were offers because it was so late in the recruitment process. So. It's going to be a volume type of thing where you should – I wouldn't be picky at all. I would email literally every single school you can get your hands on and then at the worst-case scenario, end up with a bunch of offers from the schools you're like, meh. And then at those schools that you really like don't get back to you, at, at least, least you, you have, have an option. Exactly. At least you have something. Because also like the top schools, especially in Division three and all over the country, are picky. Like they're not rec- – they're recruiting for positions. So if they just graduated a guard, they're looking for one point guard. Yeah. Because they have a certain amount of – at every level, like you – it's not like high school you just keep trying out like – you did. You're recruiting for fit because at the end of the day, it's trying to win. So definitely email as much schools as you can. But also, I think another thing we kind of glanced over is in your email, inquire about what they're looking for. Because if you if they're not looking for a guard and then they're just like dragging on the recruiting process, then, yeah, you as, just respectfully and go you your just ways. Respectfully, because something that my high school coach, a piece of advice that was really really important for me to learn, because is the second best thing a, a coach can say other than yes is no. Because mm-hmm. you don't want someone to be bullshitting with you and, like, we don't know, whatever, and then, like, you get your hopes up and then they end up, like, picking somewhere else, picking another kid, 
and now you have left with nothing. So if it's not a yes, let's get on a phone call and they're interested, the best second option is a no. And that can be tough to hear. Like, we don't, like I've gotten from, I've emailed a lot of schools and some of them, like, we're just not looking for someone at your position or even like, honestly, I've gotten some which is like, the type of guard we're looking for is a more athletic, but you don't fit that type of guard. So we'll keep you on our radar and we'll let, we'll let you know. But that's basically like a no, like you're not, you're not good enough, you're not athletic enough. Mm-hmm. And that's better because you don't want to be like, Kind of like kept on the line. You don't want to waste your time. Of a school, you don't waste your time. You want to find someone that's going to want you, and because that's the end of the day, like you want to go somewhere that wants you. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And then we talked about building from the ground up and just emailing schools that maybe you think that you're too good for, but realistically, you're not too good for anywhere. Probably. Because there's definitely going to be a kid in that conference that's better than you, and on that team that's better than yeah. you. Yeah. So, but definitely, like, email a bunch of schools. But yeah, make sure to have your program. And then, so now you emailed schools. Now you, so you have film, you know, you've sent out your emails. Once you start talking to coaches, let coaches know your schedule. So for example, AAU, high school season. So what I did is I sent, once I started talking to coaches, I would send them my practice schedule in case, because a lot of coaches will also want to come to your practice. But like my game schedules, if you have games near them, let them know, send them your live stream links, just let them know so they can come and they can see you in person. Because at the end of the day, like film only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Like they want to see how you Interact as a, are you because they can't see if you're a hothead in person. They can't see yeah. if you're a good teammate in person. If you hustle in person, they just see, for example, me hitting threes. So a lot of coaches are going to want to see that. So let them know your schedule. So then you can talk a little bit about like exposure and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess a lot of the kids watching this are probably from small towns. Or there was a dude on TikTok who was commenting about how he's from Germany. He has no idea how to do this. You're going to have to get out of your hometown and travel possibly very far distances. I was driving. Two hours back, two hours, two like two hours. I was driving four hours total, five times a week. Just I moved four and a half hours to Ohio to a prep school. The, these, the kids on my team from were from Germany, were from Italy, mm-hmm, who were looking like, for the same opportunities you're I was. Gonna have to travel pretty far distances if you're not from an area that's known for very good basketball, and that might be something you have to contemplate if you're willing to do that just to go play college basketball. But you're gonna have to go to the place where the basketball is the best. Like I traveled to Toronto back and forth a bunch of times because the basketball in my area was not at the level that I needed it to be so I could get film. So I could get, that's not even, honestly, traveling for film isn't the most important thing. The, the connections and the people you're going to surround yourself by getting out of your hometown, that's going to be the thing that's going to elevate your game to a completely different level. Like the, the progress I made after one year of playing in Toronto was probably As opposed to like five rural, years yeah, in rural the rural Ontario. area I was. It was, it was exponential because you, in that five years that I was in that small town, I was guessing. I was training myself. I was trying to figure out what works. You're and what a big work. fish in a little pond. Exactly. And when you travel to a program in Toronto and you have a coach and a trainer there that are specifically tailored for you and your needs as a player, they give you all the answers, and all you have to do is take them and start implementing them in game, in practice, and you'll see immediate results because they have the answers. So that is going to be the biggest reason why you need to get out of your hometown is that your growth is going to be exponential compared to if you were to stay there. So some type of exposures, like obviously for high school season, like there's obviously high schools that have more exposure than others. So I went to a prep school in Ohio. I left my public school in a suburb of Toronto to go to because there was basketball wasn't taken as seriously and which wasn't the level that it needed it to be to get in order to get recruited. But how did I do that? I didn't just, like, show up there. So as Chris talked about connections, so connections are the most important thing in life. Yeah, probably. More, like, like, this is kind of like college basketball recruiting is kind of like a 
small scale of like how life is, like how the job world is. It's just like you need to have connections. And so I did some research and I found somebody online who has a service where they have their business is literally like an agent for people that want to go to prep schools. Her name is Coach Mom. Shout out Coach Mom. And I definitely wouldn't be in the position I am Mom is without her. M-O-M. M-O-M. She's a, she's, a, she's a woman who's... You don't say. Who... um whose son was in the same position as I was, mm-hmm. who's somebody who wanted to play college basketball but had no resources, had knew nobody. And so from her going through the recruiting process with her son and learning the ins and outs that I've now learned, that you've now learned, made a business out of helping other kids be that mom to help and build connections. So she has a ton of connections. And I reached out with her and I started talking to her and I built a relationship with somebody who has connections. And she sent out my film to a bunch of her, like her uh, connections and I ended up talking to Coach Kerbis from Andrews Osborne Academy in Ohio and he liked my game, he liked me as a person, I liked him, it was a good match and I ended up going there and it's the best decision I ever made even though it was terrifying leaving home at 16, 17, mm-hmm. like two, three years earlier than I would have but I mean it was necessary and I got infinitely better and I was way more prepared to come into here than I would have been otherwise. Yeah, that's definitely what I learned in NCSA too because my uh agent knew every like, he played for a college a high level d1 college and he just knew a bunch of coaches and he said during one of our meetings he was like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna find 10 of your schools that you're most interested in and i'm gonna contact all of their coaches individually and so again going back to ncsa like they're gonna not only help you in the recruiting process but they might even go out of their way to send emails yeah. vouching for you on behalf like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. of of them so like you're that's that's another piece of the connection thing is like you're going to have other people sending out emails vouching for you, and it's just another layer of help in this journey to go play college basketball. Like, when you play for an AAU team, when you play for a high school team, make sure that they have connections, they know people, because that's, like, the that's the biggest part. Mm-hmm. So And, like, as Chris said, like, if there's no people who know connections, like, get out of your hometown, go meet people, go explore, go, like... Get out of your comfort get zone. Get out of your comfort zone and find people who can help you achieve that, help you achieve the path that you're trying to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you can also play for, there's also like, so high school ball in the winter and AAU in the summer, but you want to make sure that the AAU events you're going to are exposure events during live periods. Cause a lot of coaches can't go and watch you during live periods. And mm-hmm. I don't off the rip know when the live periods are, they change every year, but there's different, def- like there are around similar time frames of when college coaches can go and watch and be in the gym and communicate and interact and offer kids. Mm-hmm. So go and do your research and know when the live periods are and then go find teams that are being active during those live periods and going out and playing in tournaments in front of coaches. That's also the best way. And then let the coaches know that you've been emailing with what live period events you're going to so they can come and see you and they can meet you in person and they can they can potentially offer you if they like what they see. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is just like recruiting camps. So I've talked about this before, but I went to the Yale Elite Camp, which is run by Yale. All the Ivy Leagues have elite camps where there's the Ivy League schools are there and then a ton of high academic Division three schools common like they run the camp so like the coaches well my coach from one day was the coach of Kenyon College in Ohio who I was talking to before it was the first coach I was interested in me and then my other coach the next day was a coach from Swarthmore which is one of the top division three schools in the country and they were my coaches and so you build a relationship with them and then this other coach is walking around and it's just an overall atmosphere to get recruited so you go you bring your a game you play in games you play in drills and there's just an atmosphere of people who are looking for players like you Mm. to watch and so there's Yale has it, Brown has it, Princeton has it, Cornell has it, all of the um, Ivy League schools, but then also a ton of other Division One schools. Even Madai has it. If you're interested in coming and playing for Madai, Madai has a camp yeah. in the summer to come and play. I'm pretty sure like guys like Trevor, like Day, even said like a bu- like Buffalo guys who are playing on the team yeah, now played, played in the Madai 
elite camp. So also, if you like, if you're interested, go to the camps. Like there was a few schools during when I my summer going to my senior year that I was interested in, and I specifically went to their elite camps, and they were like. They weren't Division One schools, like they're Division Three schools, but Division Three schools have league camps too, and I was interested in going there. And so I, it's obviously a smaller scale than it would be going to the Division One thing, so you have a better chance of getting noticed by that coach. And one of the camps, originally one of the schools I really wanted to go to was Brandeis University in Boston, so I went to their camp um, with my dad on like the kind of like the trip that we were going on of recruiting, and I actually I played really 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 well in front of the head coach, and I was invited to practice with the team after, and I so I practiced with the team after we pick, played pickup, and I played really well, and then ended up. They only asked me for a full game film, and I started being recruited by them. And they ended up not needing guards and whatever, and that's what happens. Like you gotta, you can't get too attached to a scenario because anything can change, and it's a business at the end of the day. It's all experience too. Yeah, like, you didn't lose anything from going to those. You, you definitely didn't lose anything. You, gained- you play good competition. You build connections because also, like for example, at that Brandeis camp, there was coaches from other schools also working that camp. So it's just like a continuous like cycle of just building connections and putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I think another harsh truth we should touch on here is that. Um, it's going to cost, all the things you just mentioned, it's going to cost money. It can't, oh, 100%. Like at least 100%. 90%, like you're going to have to invest in your college But pick, p- pick what you think is going to be the most valuable. That's so true, if you too. can't get out and go to recruiting camps, maybe look to invest in a level of NCSA mm-hmm. or something like that. Like it's, you got to pick what you want to invest in. But yeah, it's also, it, it does come down to if you're willing to pay money a lot of the time for this kind of stuff because the kids who pay more money usually get more exposure so that might be a conversation you have to have with your parents or your guardian who whoever and you genuinely might have to ask yourself am i really willing to do this because it might cost my parents and or me a lot of money and also if you're good enough a lot of circuit teams are very cheap because they're covered by the shoe company um that runs a circuit so for example like northern kings like who plays in uaa like Canada Elite who plays in UAA, like those elite teams don't cost a lot of money, so those kids don't have to pay because it's covered by Under Armour. Mm-hmm. And, for example, like in EYBL, Nike U play, and I remember the only team in EYBL from Canada, is covered by Nike and the Adidas circuit and all these things. So there are opportunities that you don't have to pay as much money, but you have to seek them. You have to do research mm-hmm. as well. So it's a lot about research and a lot about, I mean, you're going to have to sacrifice anything, whether it's money, whether it's time. Yeah. So you got to pick what you want to sacrifice and you have to pick. If it's worth it for you. And then uh, next we can kind of just wrap it up with like just building a training routine. Because if you want to play college basketball, you have to be good enough. That's true. You don't want to come here and be completely out of. Well, you could, you could get into a bunch of these camps and then just get shit on. Yeah. Like you want to be set yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about how to like build a routine, what to incorporate. I mean, this is where it becomes a very big thing. It gets a lot easier when you have people around you exposing your flaws and making it fairly obvious what you need to work on. But if you're coming from a small area and you... <clears throat> Don't really know know what to do. You kind of just have to try shit. You just have to go out there. And I know Ian, who was on the last podcast, talked about how he would see a move on TikTok, go out and try it. And if it doesn't work, oh, well. That's kind of the attitude you have to have where you just go out there day after day after day and eventually stuff will start working. But if you don't have people around you who have the answers, that becomes significantly harder. But if you do have people out there who can give you the answers to what you need to work on, you also still need to ask a bunch of questions. You need to become fairly obsessed with the idea of getting better day after day after day and exposing your flaws, which a lot of people don't want to do. We'll talk about that in a minute. Like Kobe used to talk about that in games where he would go up against a kid and get destroyed because he would only be working on his left-hand layups, but then five years down the line, because that kid was only using what he was good at in the games, and Kobe was working on his flaws, now he's mopping the floor with that kid because he's the same kid and Kobe's actually improved. Um, yeah, you just want to seek out people who are just better than you and know more than you and 
That's how you get better at the and end of the day. And trust me, there are a lot of them. Yeah. There's um, a statistical kid out there. I just want to talk about, like, just a, so a routine, but a basic, like, routine, I would say. I would say get in the weight room three to five times a week, mm-hmm. minimum. Like, minimum three, maximum six. Like, definitely get a rest day, but, like, probably, like, three to five if you're lifting full body. Get on court, like, work three to, four to-, three to five times a week as well. And then definitely play, like, two to three times a week pickup. No with like good good quality competitions, so like kind of like my schedule, for example, like right now in the off season, is I would say Mondays I encore workout, lift, and play pickup. So I work out three times. Tuesdays is kind of more light. I play pick, I um lift, and I do a light ball handling, some like finishing touch work around the rim, and I do form shots and I shoot free throws. But it's not as heavy encore because I'm usually sore from working out and all the stuff I do on Monday. And then Wednesday is more of a another more. Uh, prominent day of I work out on court and we play pickup but I don't lift and then Thursday is kind of like Tuesday um, same day Tuesday just like lighter on court workout and lift Friday is like Wednesday Friday is like Monday where I lift I work out on court and I play pickup and then Saturday I get an extra lift in and I get shots up and Sunday maybe I'll get light shots up but I'll rest so I'm probably on court working out three to four times a week in the weight room five times and playing pickup three times so I'm doing something. I'm doing two to three things every day, and you just got to find what works best for you and make a schedule for yourself. And I could def I could definitely be doing more. I'm looking looking to keep doing more, but you just got to do what you can do and then keep building off of that. And so the last thing is what you talked about before. I just wanted to build off of that is like get in with like people who are better than you. So right now it's very apparent that my weakness is uh, playing defense <laughs> and. For example, like last open gym, like I was getting picked on. It's like whoever's I was guarding, like set a ball switch. screen, get a switch, and I was getting killed. And it's I can shoot the ball well, and so when I'm shooting the ball well, like it masks that. If I come in, okay, I give up a bucket here or there, but then I come and hit six, seven, eight, nine threes in a pickup in a open gym session of like whatever few games, like that gets masked. But then, for example, yesterday I didn't really get a lot of shots for what I didn't get a lot of shots, and when I shot the ball, I wasn't really hitting. But I'm getting scored on. That really like glares the weakness exploses your flaws which is necessary because even like i've had a meeting with coach at the end of the season it's like if i want to get a lot of playing time next year i and i gotta just keep doing what i'm doing offensively of like keep getting shots up keep being more consistent shooter because that's very valuable but i also need to be able to guard my yard and play defense and be at least comp i'm not asked to be like Kawhi leonard but i have to be a competent enough defender to whether it's not a drop off to when i come in the court Mm -hmm. and so i was i I'm not neglecting that aspect. I think, okay, just getting in the weight room. But then yesterday kind of clarified, like, I still have a lot of work to do. And so I texted last night the best player on our team, who's an all-conference player as a sophomore, the youngest player on, on the all-conference team, come in the gym and literally just run at Because I, I recognize that what I'm doing is I'm backpedaling when I'm playing defense. And I kind of, like, recognize that after playing it, after just getting killed over and over again on the pick and roll. And so I'm like, okay, so you're going to start dribbling the ball with a live dribble at half court, and I'm going to start at the three-point line, and I'm going to mentally try and not backpedal and get a body on you and make you shift. And I got killed today, but I definitely felt that I was more comfortable by the end of it than I was at the beginning of it. And you just got to keep doing that. I'm not going to become Kawhi Leonard overnight or Marcus Smart, but you definitely have to put yourself in situations to like be uncomfortable in order to grow. Where you might look stupid. You might, and like, I'm not going to say like, oh, I love to be uncomfortable and because nobody likes to be uncomfortable. That's the worst. It's the worst thing in the entire world, being uncomfortable, but you have to want to succeed more than you fear being uncomfortable and you fear failure. Mm-hmm. And if you do that and you consistently do that over time, then you should be in good shape. And that's all I got for today. You got anything else you want to add? Wraps, bro. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back next time. Peace.
Dude, there's some gems dropped in that.